Good morning, good morning, good to see you all this morning. Uh, guess what? If the weatherman is right, and he's always right, then this, uh, this is all supposed to clear off about noonish. And this afternoon, we're supposed to be partly cloudy and uh, 83 degrees, which would be like the perfect ice cream social weather. And so for those of you who are asking, the answer is yes, the ice cream social is still on. And uh, that is happening this afternoon. It will begin with uh, games and festivities around 3 o'clock if you want to join us. We'll eat the ice cream around 5-ish. And about that same time, we'll start the hymn sing up. Uh, Brother Dr. Bob's going to handle that up there. So, so we'll have that set up for you, and you guys can just start singing hymns. Then around 6 o'clock or so, we'll actually start with some testimonies and things like that. And we can maybe roast Pastor, An- Pastor Andrew a little bit if you want to. We'll be nice to Jessica and the kids, but we might roast Pastor Andrew. Because this, if you don't already know, is his last Sunday with us. Now, I have been a rock during this entire thing. I, you can ask Andrew and Brett, I've really been a rock. And uh, somebody showed me something this morning, and I have not stopped crying since. It's just, ah! <laughs> but today is it. So anyway, uh, stop. Stop. So anyway, that all happened today. We're looking forward to uh, that. Uh, if you are visiting here for the first time, please stop by the booth out there. We have the Welcome Center. We have a gift for you. And if you're visiting online for the first time, uh, spdnity.org. Uh, slash connect or use that QR code and you can let us know that you're out there watching. That's always an encouragement to our hearts. Uh, Missionaries of the Week are Wad and Phoebe. We only give first names there because they are in that 1040 window. Uh, They actually are involved in training nationals to carry the gospel to that area. So uh, just continue to pray for them as they accomplish an incredible work. Uh, You can see their letters in uh, in our book back there. And that would just give you an update. Uh, let's see, was there something else I was supposed to announce today? I want to make sure I got all the time today, by the way, yes, there is. Uh, is also our interns last Sunday with us. So if you have not gotten a chance to get to know the interns, this is it. You better get to know them now. Uh, they'll share some testimonies over in the testimony time interns. So you're on call. You know that. And speaking of interns, where's Mr. John? Mr. John, wave at us. He was an intern from last summer. And he decided that the ice cream social and Pastor Andrew are worth coming in for. And uh, so he's here today and just uh, kind of uh, letting us go be known to that. I thought I heard somebody say something. Is that it? That's how the men come. We're going to take up the morning offering. And uh, we'll get ourselves started before I get myself in trouble. But Tab, would you ask God's blessing on the offering and on the day? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your many blessings that you've given to us. Father, we uh, ask that you be with this offering. Use it for your ministry and your furtherance of your word. And Father, we ask that you uh, be with the missionaries uh, as they're in their training. Just protect them and continue to lead. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
let's stand and we'll sing together, crown him with many crowns. chapter 5, verses 1 through 10 this morning. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. For your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. 
Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. May your hearts be sanctified by God's word this morning. You may be seated. All right, let's join together now. We'll sing Christ is Sufficient. Nothing I've done can merit God's grace. Nothing I'll do can take it away. I have one hope in life and death. I have been clothed in Christ's righteousness.
the righteous as our song of the month and I have the great opportunity to lead it so let's do it I'm going to walk through it once I'm going to sing through it once and then we're going to join on the second time okay you gave birth to the beginning you awoke the dawn of time yet displayed a greater glory as a man for men to die I've seen you with the ear, I've heard your voice, with the heart I have received you, I am full of peace and joy, you are Jesus Christ the righteous, hallelujah for the blood, and your death and resurrection. Now it's your turn, so we're going to sing it through twice for this first. We're going to sing it through twice for this first, uh, first opportunity. We're going to sing the first verse only. You gave birth to the beginning. You awoke the dawn of time. Yet displayed a greater glory as a man for men to die. With the eye of faith I see.
college pastor's turn. You may be seated. All right, I'm just going to introduce our speaker before uh, we go ahead. Let's have the special come on up and be ready. Uh, but you already know Pastor Andrew, but this is his last official Sunday with us, and he's going to speak to us. I was going to be really mean. Uh, we have a video we're going to show you at the end of this, but I thought we could show it right now. But um, no, I'm not going to do that. So after this, Pastor Andrew's going to come. Dark the stain I cannot hide, stain of sin my guilt to prove, guilt my own and foolish pride, pride the reason for my sin. Light of God came shining down, Son of God my soul. crown, paid the price for all my sin, paid the price for all my sin. Wash me in the Savior's blood, make me pure without within, cleanse my heart and set me free. Free from guilt and free from sin. Free from guilt and free from sin. Love of God that lights my way. Love displayed on Calvary, Lamb of God, my soul to save, gave his life to set me free. Gone the darkness, come the light, gone the night, the Guilt and 
Amen. Thank you, ladies. Well, good morning. Good to see you all this morning. If you have your Bibles, go and turn to James chapter 4. We'll be there in a second. Hard to believe that this is uh, our last Sunday. This week, my wife and I were talking. Apparently, I forgot to tell that I was preaching. And she's like, you're doing what? (laughs) And how are you going to do that? So she's in the nursery. uh, So she should have to know. We're uh, looking forward to today. Can I share a couple jokes with you? Is that okay? Can I share some dad jokes? Good. I need something to kind of just uh, relax me here a little bit. Uh, So here you go. My wife accused me of stealing her thesaurus. Not only was I shocked, I was appalled aghast and dismayed. (laughs) My wife asked if I've seen the dog bowl. I said I never knew he did. Yeah, that'll take a second. Did you get that, Caleb? All right. Grant, explain that to Caleb. Uh, I'm writing a book on reverse psychology. Please don't buy it. Thank you, Drew, for that laugh. A little, little early, a little early, buddy, but thank you. Uh, my dog accidentally ate a whole bag of Scrabble tiles, so I took him to the vet. No word yet. <laughs> thank you, Miss Hannah. I was waiting for that. That was good. Right on cue. Uh, my wife told me to put ketchup on the shopping list. Now I can't read anything. Johnny, don't make me a second time with you, buddy. I'll just just kid. One more here. I asked my wife when her birthday was. She said March 1st. So I marched around the room and asked again. (laughs) There you go. You want one more? One more? Okay, all right. I told my wife she should embrace her problems, so she gave me a hug. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway, just wanted to wanted to get that there. That's not part of the message at all, but uh, and uh, most of those are uh, made up or found. Or Matt Green's always good for a joke or two to send my way. So if you need any more, just just uh, let them know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my siblings say I'm not a good joke teller, and I agree. So. Anyways, I thought I'd get some thank yous out of the way here uh, so uh, I can try to make it through uh, today. And um, first and foremost, we just we love you guys and we're thankful for you. But we, I want today to be about Jesus Christ. And I appreciate all that you're doing, really do. But I want it to be about my Savior and Jesus Christ. That's why we're here, right? Um, I hope you didn't come for me. Um, if you did, I'm leaving. So uh, I don't know what to, what to tell you, but... I'm trying not to be mean about that. That was not, whatever. But um, we are thankful for you. We we are. We love our church to death, um, and we're thankful for you. And uh, we've been talking to our kids about this for a little bit now. And you know, Preston, he just, oh, cool. We're going to you know, Papa John and Nana's house. Great. You know, he doesn't know. And Eden's kind of okay. But Clayton, uh, he loves you guys. He loves his church. It's all he knows. And. Uh, <clears throat> So he's, uh, he's uh, growing through that, and uh, my message today is going to be kind of what God's just done in our heart, and uh, 
It's like, what am I going to preach? I'm like, well, I might as well preach the Bible and Jesus, you know, because that's all that really matters. But I just want to say thank you to all of you. I want to say a thank you to the U staff. Uh, it's probably been about 20 or so U staff that's helped uh, over the last uh, 11 and a half years. Uh, we've got a great U staff that's sticking around, uh, confident in them, they're ready to roll. And uh, thank for them, thank for the music teams, orchestra, players, uh, special music. It's quite a haul to do that. Uh, thank for Miss Judy. She does all the slides that you see for like the specials, the avatars. She does that. She reminds everybody, hey, don't forget you're on for Sunday. Hey, can I get your information? Hey, you still haven't sent me your information? You know, uh, so she's kind of been my music secretary and has been awesome. She is so talented and does way more than I ever could dream of. Uh, so thank for her. Thank you for the countless volunteers that have helped um, in different events we've done, whether it's Christmas in Wanamaker, uh, VBS, uh, maintenance, uh, the grounds crew, um, you guys have been awesome. I want to say thank you to everyone in the nursery, whoever watched our kids uh, for the last, oh, I guess we had six, eight years, something in there. So thank you for all you uh, parents and ladies and others who have helped with that. Thank you for those who have taught in junior church and Sunday school, um, to our kids, uh, Juana, Kids for Truth, just poured into them. Oh, man, <clears throat> maybe I should have done at the end. <clears throat> I guess I love you too, Johnny. But every church needs a Johnny, right? Maybe, but no, just kidding. No, I'm kidding. Uh, thank for the deacons; they've been great. Um, they're our friends, and I appreciate them. <sighs> Pastor, what did I say I could preach today? What <laughs> should just love the songs? Anyway, no, it's good. Thank for Pastor Brett and uh, Janelle. Jessica's in the back of the nursery, so she's not watching all this. Excuse me. Uh, I'll say the rest for later. I, I can't say anymore. So there's a few more thank yous. Uh, we'll get to them in a second. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. Uh, all right, uh, let's uh, do something worthwhile here. Uh, James chapter 4 is we're going to be. As I was thinking of what to preach, Pastor asked me a few weeks ago, and uh, <clears throat> last week, this was our scripture reading, and uh, I've been thinking, praying about it, but through that, listening to him, like, ah, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what the Lord wants me to preach, and I uh, love this passage. I've, I've preached it before, not here, um, uh, kind of, some, some lessons through it, and as I was thinking what to preach, uh, this passage came to mind, and then heard in scripture reading, and I'm like, uh, let's just do that. So uh, let's jump into it and uh, hopefully get uh, something for all of us here today. And that'll be good. Let's start reading in verse 13, or James chapter 4, verse 13. It says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say... If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. 
My Father, thank you for today. Thank you for being so good and gracious to us. Lord, thank you for the Word of God. It is powerful. It is alive. It is real. It is the answer. Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ. Without him, we're lost. We have no hope. We have no purpose. We have no identity. Lord, as we look at this passage today, uh, what is our life? What is the point? Why are we here? What do we do? What are our plans? Lord, may we today leave here seeking your will for our life. Uh, We can know it. We can do it. You have a plan for us. Uh, You don't want us to be lazy, but you want us to um, live in light of your will and your desire for us. So I pray that you'll use me to preach the word of God, preach Christ and Christ alone. And I pray that everything we say and do today will honor and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, how, many, how many realize that life is short? Right? Life is short. Um, you live to be 20, you live to be 120. Life is short. How many think sum, summer is too short? How many think summer is too short? <laughs> yeah. Even now, right? You know, uh, JC went back to school July 26. Like, whoo. You know, it's like, wow. You know, it's short. Uh, guess what? Fall is going to be short. And life is short. So we want to make sure that we make plans according to the will of God. Don't make plans for the summer, for the fall, or even for the rest of your life without seeking what God wants you to do. That's, that's just the message today, is don't make plans for tomorrow, the next day, the next year or so, without God in mind. Maybe it's ministry plans, Maybe it's going to college, maybe it's working, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a career change, you fill in the blank. Whatever it is, we need to make sure that we make plans with God in mind. I'll kind of share how God has just worked in our hearts uh, through that uh, this last uh, few months. Now, as I said in, in the prayer, we don't need to be lazy. Okay, this, this passage isn't saying like, okay, well, whatever God wills and we'll just see what happens. I'm just going to lay around and, and, you know, God's will be done. Okay, it's not that. and We'll see that in a second. But we want to make plans with God at the center of them, knowing that he can change them if he wants to, right? So how should we live our lives, and what can we do with this phrase that says, what is your life? Well, number one, we see here from verses 13 to 15, don't plan your life apart from God's will. Don't plan your life apart from God's will. James here is calling those to listen who are planning their lives, their futures, without thought of God and his plans. We see here, he's an analogy of they're going into a city and they're going to buy and sell and get gain without any regards to God. Now, is it wrong to buy or sell or get gain? No, right? It's not. You've you got to live. You've got to have a job. You've got to have a career. You've got to provide for yourself. But these people are making plans with no regards to what God has to do. So this, the application today can be a positive and a negative. It can be a negative as in, like, my plans are against God and his will, or my plans are just in disregard to God's will, right? You and I can have good plans. Like if you want to provide for your family, go down this, this career path, or you're, you're thinking about this college, and it's not like a wrong choice, but are we considering at all God's will in that? And are we open to, okay, this is what I'm, I'm willing to do or I want to do, but if God sees otherwise, I'm happy to follow with that. And that's, and that's what's happening. So these these people here are going in and they're doing things and with no idea, no aspect of God in their life. They are living, in a sense, in light of their own will and not God's will. So the wrong attitude, I get it here, the wrong attitude is to confidently stand on all you have planned. Now, I'm a planner. I, I actually like to plan, have a plan, 
But how many of you ever had your plans not work out? Ever happened to anyone? Okay, a couple of us, most of us, yeah, right? I mean, weather, right? We get, we're planning an ice cream social, and hopefully it'll happen, you know, but you can't predict. And so what's happening in this illustration here is these people have a wrong attitude, and they're confident in this is what I'm going to do, and this is what's going to happen, and so be it. And what does it say here, though, in the middle of this verse 14, or in the middle of the passage, verse 14 says, Wherefore, as you know, not what shall be on the morrow. We have no idea. We can play and we can have an idea, but we have, we have no idea. For what is your life? And it gives an illustration of the brevity of life. It is a vapor. It is a mist that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Life is short. It's unpredictable. It's feeble. It's entirely in God's hands. The season of life that you're in is short. What are you going to do with it? Now, uh, how many of you ever seen, you know, when people take boiling water and throw it up in the air in the mist with that? How many of you ever seen that? Okay, so we're going to the frozen tundra of America and uh, still wondering why God is calling me. No, I'm just kidding with that part. But so I'm going to help you with this vapor mist thing. So I got a little Hi guys. here. Hi, This is Snowsvirsk and this is about minus 41. That was, that was yesterday's degrees. So we want to see what happens to just boiled water outside. right? That's the idea. That was pretty quick, right? Boiling water in about a few seconds turned into mist, vapor, and if the video kept going a few seconds later, it's gone. That is your life. It's that quick. And when we make plans saying, okay, I have no regard to God, I'm confident that this is what's going to happen, and here's that with no regard for God, watch out because life is a vapor. The number two, though, the right attitude, or the second part of the first point, the right attitude is to plan on allowing God's will to change your plans, right? So it's not saying don't plan. You should plan, all right? The Bible talks about that all the time, being a good steward and uh, living on purpose, all right? One of my history teachers used to say, uh, to fail to plan is a plan to fail. It's true, right? But my plans, I need to, in a sense, have room or give it all of it over to God to let him drive in our lives. So instead of doing what you're doing your own thing, you should live in light of God's direction. If he wills, I will do such and such. I will do this or that, is what he says. We should be driven by what God wants and his will. So do you seek God about life's decisions? Think about the last decision you made, big or small. Did you ever consider God in that? A good decision or maybe a decision that's not a good decision. Did you ever have a thought of God in that? How do you know if you're planning your life apart from God's will? Well, look at your priorities. Is all your attention, all your energy into things that are outside of God's will or not in regards to God's will? God's been really evident in our lives today. If you look at our life the last just year or so, um, we bought a new house, and we love our new house. It's a great house. We love our neighbors. We have neighbors here today. We love it. It's, it's great. And so 
we were in a sense planning our life without God, but if you look at it like, here's our plan, we, this house will work for, you know, till death do us part kind of a thing, and all these plans, and yet all in the middle of all of this, things going well here, ministry's great, life is great, family's great, God started changing some direction in us. And you take a step back and you look like, why, Pastor Andrew, or, or this, or you just moved, or you just did, or this is going great, and, and this, and it's like, not my will, but thine be done. Well, it does. And that's not easy. I'm telling you, I've had many nights and prayers and talks. Jessica, we're like, God, if you're in this, you've you got to make this super clear because we're happy. We're doing great. We love our house. We love our church. If you're in this, let us know. But guess what? What is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time then vanisheth away. And so we want to have this right attitude to plan, allowing God's will to change your plans. And to guide in that. So number one, not only should you not plan your life apart from God's will, number two we see in the passage, don't boast an arrogance about your future. How many like an arrogant person? Just like your favorite person, right? You know, Give me ten friends who are arrogant. Cockiness, i got to say, t- cockiness is like the top five most annoying things to me. I just, woo, you know. But this is what these people are saying, right? We see it here in verse uh, 16. But now you rejoice in your boastings. So not only are these people in this passage James talking about making plans without any regard to God, and then they're saying like, we don't even need God. We don't even need his will. We got to figure it out. We got the money. We got the car. We got the house. We got whatever, fill in the blank. Everything's figured out. I got the retirement plan. It's all good to go. Everything's in place and we're good. We're fine. Life, life is fine. In fact, the boasting, the arrogance and saying like, we don't even need anybody else. And what does he say this boasting is? All such rejoicing is what? It's evil. Literally, James is saying, you're boasting of of life that is short, you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, and you're boasting that, rejoicing that I'm good, I don't need anything else, is actually sin. There's a contrast. We see a contrast between verse 15 and 16. Dramatic, right? Verse 15, for you ought to say that the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But then in verse 16, the contrast is like, no. I'm going to rejoice in my boast. I'm going to rejoice in me, and it's evil. Instead of following God's will, you brag about what you've done or what you will do, and your bragging is sin. Boasting in one's independence is sin. Now, like I said, you know, the, the cocky arrogance, you know, it kind of gets me. I've had my moments, unfortunately, of arrogance and cockiness with that. I remember uh, in high school, we would, in our gym, we would build a stage for like the plays, they'd kind of build up all these wood structures, and that's where we do the plays or the Christmas programs. And sometimes they would build it close enough to the basketball hoop, or if you got a running jump, you could dunk it. You know, so I was I'm five eleven, so I couldn't dunk. I could maybe grab the rim in high school and hand, small hands. So I'm like, I can do this. So I remember me, I think my brother and my brothers are there, and somebody else, and I was like, guys, watch this. I'm gonna dunk the basketball. So I got a running start. I jumped. And I got up, and my fingers hit the rim and let go, and bam, I laid right on my back. It's, it was concrete and then like the Lego floor kind of thing. And I sounded like a dying whale for about five minutes. You know, knocked the wind out of me. That hurt so bad. And, of course, my brother was very kind and caring and like, oh, I told you so, you didn't do it. They're chucking basketballs at me and need some water? No, air, you idiot. But No, I'm just kidding. But... Uh, <clears throat> So I got what was coming for me. I was pretty cocky. I was pretty arrogant. I was boasting, hey, I can do this. And I got a little wake-up call, all right? Sometimes that happens. I heard this illustration. It's pretty cool, or 
funny, I guess, maybe, but three boys were boasting about their dads, and one boy said, my dad is so fast he can shoot an arrow and get the target before the arrow hits it. The second boy said, my dad is so fast that he shot a rifle at a deer and got the animal before it fell. The third boy said, my dad goes, my dad got both of your dad's beat. He's faster than that. He gets off work every day at 4 and gets home by 3.30. (laughs) I thought that was pretty, pretty good. There's also another story. According to the story in the Grand Rapids Press, the owner of a small foreign car had begun to irritate his friends by bragging incessantly about his gas mileage. So they decided on a, on, a way, uh, decide on a way to get some humor out of his tires boasting as well as bring it to an end. Every day, one of them would sneak into the parking lot where the man kept his car and pour a few gallons of gas into the tank. Soon the bragger was recording absolutely phenomenal mileage. He was boasting of getting as much as 90 miles per gallon. And the pranksters took secret delight in his exasperation as he, tired, as he tried to convince people of the truthfulness of his claims. It was even more fun to watch his reaction when they stopped refilling the tank. The poor fellow couldn't figure out what had happened to his car. So funny stories, but we're kind of like that, right? We kind of we boast, and I got this together. I, I got this. And here's these, these people going, I'm going to buy, sell, get gain without any regard to God. And then James says, but hey, watch out, be careful. What is your life? And you should rather be saying, okay, I'm going to do this if the Lord wills. But then they come back and say, no, we got this. What happens, right? Make sure your sin will find you out. So what are you boasting in? The only thing we should be boasting in is in Jesus, right? The song says, I will make my boast in Jesus, the Lamb of Calvary. By his death, I now am ransomed, once a prisoner, now set free. I will make my boast in Jesus in robes of righteousness, sin committed, now forgiven. I'm an heir with Christ, my praise. I will boast in Christ my King, of his sovereign grace I'll sing, tell of love's great sacrifice, live a life that points to Christ. So we're not boasting in our plans, we're not boasting in our future, because we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We should rather be boasting in Jesus Christ. So we we don't make plans without God's will in mind, we don't boast and arrogance about the future, and then number three, do what you know is the right thing to do. So we don't make plans without God's regard to his will for us, or at least searching and finding his will. We'll finish with that. And then I don't boast in my plans, but instead, verse 17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. To fail to follow in humility God at all times is to fail to do a good thing. Well, what is this good? We've been talking about God's will. Well, what is this? Well, it's pretty cool. Go back to verses 7 through 10. Right here in this passage, James gives us some wills of God, God's will, so to speak. Verse 7, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So what's God's will? Submit to him. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So I'm making my plans with God in mind, and his will is for me to submit. Resist the devil. Hold him at arm's length. And he will flee from you. Verse 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. This is over your sin. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. And then verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Quite contrast, right, of I'm going to do what I want to do, pride, arrogance. This is my will, this is my plans, no regard to what God has. 
But instead, it's over here, okay, I'm going to submit to God, resist the devil, I'm going to draw nigh to him, I'm going to mourn over my sin, over my choices that are wrong, and then I'm humbly going to follow him. So when God has, I have my plan, but then when God has his plan, and they're different, I'm more than welcome to follow his plan. When my plans don't line up, and it might be a good plan, I, I've been playing for this, a good thing, but it's not what God wants me to do. I'm walking with him in humble submission, therefore I'm able then to not boast in myself and have evil, but then follow his plan for my, wife, my life. So a couple questions with that. Well, I just share that with you. So how do we let uh, God's will, how do we know about it? We follow James 4, 7 through 10. So a couple questions to think about. What do you think, why do you think it'd be hard at times to grasp Life as a vapor. What do you think? Well, I, I have a few ideas. One is we're just we're used to the next day, right? Well, tomorrow's going to come. It always kind of has for us who are here, right? I've I've done I've done four funerals um, in my life now, and all um, let's see, one was 32, one was 18, another one was 17, and another one was 26. All right, and what is your life? I'm not trying to do that to like be depressing this morning, but why, why can't we grasp that sometimes? Because, well, I'm going to live 70 or 80 or 90. I mean, we all go around and people, even at an older age, that we wish were still here went quickly. But why do we grasp that? Well, because we so often focus on our earthly time. We, we so focus on, okay, well, tomorrow's coming, or this is the plan, or I got this many more years, or I have that. But what is your life? Is even a vapor? So I think we, we struggle with this sometimes to grasp it because we miss our vision, our perspective, so to speak, on the things of God and eternity. What else? What will you do with the time God has given you? Lord willing, have you heard that phrase, right? Well, Lord willing, it's a great, great way to live, right? Well, here's my plans, but Lord willing, I'll do this. Or if the Lord wills, I'll do this. Here, here's, here's what I like to do for God. Here's what I like to have for my family. Or here's the direction I'd like to go, but thy will be done. So what will you do with the time God has given you? Do you have tomorrow? Do you have a week? Do you have 100 years? What are you going to do with that? What should you do if God has a different plan, plan for your life? How many like change? How many like change out there, right? <laughs> yeah. Especially the older we get, right? It's like, nope, I ain't changing, right? This is my seat, and I will fight something. No, I'm just kidding, all right? You can't do this, Pastor Andrew. You can't change things, you know? Well, you're right, I can, but God can, right? It's, it's just, what, what happens if God just does something different? It's tough. You've got to trust him. You've got to rely on him. You've got to humbly follow him, but guess what? There's no better place to be than the center of God's will. There isn't. I don't have it all figured out. To be honest, I'm scared to death. <laughs> this is new. This is, I, I got to, like, in a sense, like, start over-ish, right? I know how things go here. I, I, know, I know just how, how it works, right? It's exciting, though, right? God's really exciting. There's no better place to be. I'm always reminded, years ago, I went to the wilds, and um, evangelist, uh, uh, his dad pastored over across Kittrell. Evangelist uh, Kittrell had this message and I forget the whole thing, but he talked about how Jesus had the disciples go across the Sea of Galilee. And what happened? They get in the middle of it, and a storm happens. And he made this point, like, guess what? They were right in the center of God's will. How do we know that? Because they were doing exactly what God wanted them to do. 
So sometimes life, you're going to go through some storms. Sometimes you're going to, his will is like, that doesn't quite make sense. Or that's not exactly what I had in mind. But guess what? They made it to the other side. And God's will is always the best will. So use the life God has given you to shine for him. Right? Live in light of God, if this is the plan, but your will be done. God, this is what I think is best, or this is think what you want me to do. But I'm going to follow you. And it's as simple as just asking. Right? God, here's my plans, but is this your plan? Teens with college and relationships and all that, have you considered God in any of that? Us and our life, our choices, our careers, whatever it is, are we considering God in that? Now, in order to follow God's will, you've got to know God. Right? And how you know God is you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So do you know Jesus? That's where it all starts. You can't follow God's will. You can't be in God's will if you don't know Jesus. Have you accepted his free gift of salvation? It's the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. God created us to be with him. But our sins separate us from God. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. But paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Everyone who trusts in Jesus Christ alone has eternal life. And life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. That's the gospel message. So if you're here today... Have you accepted that free gift of salvation, the gospel? That's where the will of God starts, is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can know Jesus Christ as your Savior today. You can admit you're a sinner. You can believe that Jesus died on the cross for you and call on him to save you. If you do know Jesus, are you living your life in submission to the will of God? You and I are not guaranteed tomorrow. What are you doing today for his honor and his glory? Whether you live to be 20, 50, 100, Life is short. God's will is the only will that matters. I heard it said one time, I don't know who said it, but I give him credit, but life is short, death is real, sin the curse, Christ the cure. So let me challenge you today. Don't make plans for your life apart from God's will. It doesn't work. It's not going to work well for you. Don't boast in your arrogance about your future. And then number three, do what you know is the right thing to do. Pastor Andrew, I don't know what tomorrow brings. You're right, I don't either. But guess what? I know what to do today. I can walk humbly with God today. I can submit to God today. So let's do that today. So what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. For we ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word. <clears throat> Just a few verses here, and uh, probably not uh, something we've probably heard before, maybe not earth-shattering, Lord, but uh, you've had to work this in my heart and life uh, recently. Lord, so often I can make plans for what I want to do and where I want to go and what I have in store. It's not wrong if it's not against, ultimately, you know, sinful, but Lord, may we make plans with your will. Lord, I think so often we can just go day to day, we can just go through the routine, um, tomorrow's coming, next week's coming, this is coming, and, and miss, maybe even your will, miss the opportunity to live out your will here on earth. Lord, so I pray for myself, Lord, I pray you forgive me when I boast in arrogance of my plans. Lord, I pray that you'll help me to live, James 4, 7 through 10, uh, through humility, through drawing near to you, through submitting to you. 
Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today, Lord, that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, maybe they're listening online or they're here in person, Lord, God wants them to be saved. Lord, Jesus Christ came to this earth to give them life and life eternal. May they today be the day of salvation. They realize they're a sinner in need of Jesus Christ to save them, to give them new life. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today that would uh, not say that they would be saved. Lord, I pray for those that are here today that um, are saved, are a Christian, and yet struggling with God's will or struggling to even plan according to your will. Lord, may they follow your guidance and your will for their life. And we'll praise and thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go and stand and uh, we'll sing the song of God's work in your heart. If you're not sure you're saved, I would love to talk to you, Pastor John, uh, Pastor Brett, then turns. Uh, we love to share Jesus Christ with you, how you can start following God's will. And maybe there's something here today that God's working your heart. You're making plans without God, and maybe you need to ask God to help you with that. Maybe there's an area from, you know, verses 7 through 10 that, oh, God, I need to submit or I need to humble yourself. Whatever it is, you can pray at your seat. You can come pray up here. Uh, but let's not leave without a response, right? A message, a challenge needs a response. May I respond to the Lord as we sing, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will never love and trust Him, in His presence daily live. I surrender I got two more things I'd like to do, and then I'll turn over to uh, Pastor John. I'll finish up my thank yous. <laughs> Something to do it. Okay, after. Okay, all right. Um, so, uh, obviously, I want to say thank you to Pastor John. Uh, we've, I've known him since 1995, so uh, before all the teenagers were born, and uh, through uh, through Suburban, and then my brother interned here in 2003, and so I uh, love Pastor John and Miss Mel. Love you to death, and uh, <laughs> gotta keep moving. So. Uh, with that, and then obviously my wife, um, you know, pastor's wife or something special. It's uh, some people think it's like, oh, pastor's wife, you just know all the Bible and know how to help people and all this. And my wife is a hundred times more spiritual than uh, me, but I think sometimes pastor's wife can have it harder than pastor just because she's part of the ministry. And then she gets, I come home and I get to dump on her and everything. And uh, but she's awesome, and uh, pray for her through this uh, transition as well. It's as new to her as me. It is area she knows she's from, but. Uh, there's still newness and uh, being in church together with uh, my in-laws, her parents. It'll be a, a, a good t- it will be a good time, but it'll be a, 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 a change, all right, you guys, you could say. So they are great. They're, if they're listening, which they might, I, I would pick them up every time. They're, they're awesome. I have the best in-laws in the world, but you just know it's family, you know, it's, and I'm going to be one of their pastors now. So, yes, no, just kidding. Um, just, just kidding. Um, but yeah, just thank you all. We love you to death. We're not dying. Um, we're just moving. So, well, some of you, you have said that, but uh, <coughs> I'm now dead to you, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, when we're done, I guess there's something else. I want to, I'm, I'm a, as you know me, I like a big, I'm a big selfie guy with people. So um, at the done, I want to do a big church selfie. So 
when that happens, you guys are going to kind of come over into the aisles. So I, I figured it out. If I stand up there, I can get the aisles in here, all right? So don't know how I figured that out. But um, so this section is just going to just, so just pack it in the aisles. We brought the junior church down. So just when we get to that point, pack it down. I'd love to have uh, one more picture with you guys. So um, I've already been baptized, so I'll be standing outside of the baptistry. So thank you all. <clears throat> So if I could get uh, anybody and everybody, we have the children's church. We have the nursery out here as well. Okay, anybody that wants to come from the nursery, you can come. And moms and dads, you may need to watch for your kids if they bring them to you. Because we want to just include everybody. Uh, We're going to have, first of all, a video that we're going to show you. And then, as Pastor Andrew already mentioned, so while they're gathering nursery people, I'll mention this to you. Uh, the ice cream social is going to happen whether it's inside or outside. So I didn't mention that earlier, but we'll be inside if we have to. But I think it looks like it's going to be great, and God's been good to us. And just remember to bring, you know, to wear uh, stuff that you can sweat in, because if we're outside, we're going to be playing games like flag football and volleyball and, and uh, maybe not flag football, whatever football they play, I don't know. Spike ball, cornhole, that kind of stuff. Bring chairs if you uh, want to sit down ever during the day, uh, because we don't have chairs that are outside chairs. It would be nice if you brought chairs. I think just about everybody's here. We're going to show you a video, and then we're all going to try to squeeze into this selfie for Pastor Andrew and uh, make that work. But before we do that, I, maybe I should do this right now so that I don't cry too much. Uh, Miss Jessica, is you st- are you still out there? Come on over, Miss Jessica. Come on up, Miss Jessica, Pastor Andrew. Let's have them come up. I know I couldn't do this after the video, so I better do it now. So, um, you know, we... Um, We've been together for 11 years in this capacity, and as Andrew mentioned, we've known each other for a long, long time, so uh, it's been good. And um, so I've been fighting that not my will but thine be done concept and all of this, but uh, we, we had talked you know, to try to maybe get you a new computer because uh, you, your old one was, but uh, we figured that maybe you just wouldn't want to spend that money however, and you talked about maybe a truck to move with. I don't know what you want to do, but anyway... Uh, here's money that would have gotten you a new computer, or now you guys can do whatever you want, all right? And we love y'all. Now we'll let them sit down there, and uh, we'll let them watch the video, and uh, then we'll try to get this selfie.
<laughs> so we need your cooperation we need everybody to stand up and move toward the middle outside you the outside aisles are the the closest thing you can be all right so you can't be in the seats on the wings or it won't work those of you who are outside move this direction please uh, let's get Clayton, Eden, and Preston up here. If we can make, make way to get them moved up. I should have done that first, sorry. Clayton, Eden, and Preston, are you out there someplace? We need you front and center. Make way, make way, make way. Here's the way this works. If you cannot see Pastor Andrew's camera, then you will not be seen in the photo. You understand how that works? It's going to be a giant selfie. Uh, we're going to take at least two. Andrew? Oh, Miss Judy. Can we get Miss Judy up front too, please? Uh, make way for Miss Judy and uh, make way for her over there, guys. Let her get up front. Thank you. Now, Andrew's signature pose is his mouth wide open. You may have seen that in several of the pictures. So we'll take at least one in which everybody does that. And then we'll take a second one, however we want. If there are kids back there that cannot see, please stand them on a pew or uh, hold them or offer to hold them, do whatever. Uh, watch the head of James back there behind you, all right, because there's a light. You're just about there to the light. Oh, clunk. There we go. As I was saying. All right. Are you ready, Pastor Andrew? I don't know where my wife went, but come in just a little bit, Reynolds. There you go, Reynolds. Mouth open. There you go. All right. Uh, it is not a mistake on the card out there. Don't forget to sign the card. And it says what it says on purpose because Pastor Andrew has a reputation for misspellings. So... Um, and in Pastor Andrew's style, I will say this, the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. You are dismissed. Love you all. God bless. <laughs>